How happy are you with the current state of your life? Well, according to a Gallup International poll and survey conducted in December of 2021, it found that 56% of the world's population is either happy or extremely happy with the state of their lives. While more than a tenth of people say that they are more or less unhappy with the state of their current lives. And over a third were non-committal, saying that they were neither happy or unhappy with the current state of affairs happening around them. Scott White is the chairman of the board and the CEO of InvestQt and the author of My Life is Too Short Guy, Making Every Day the Best Day Ever. White has a philosophy on life that he's attempting to share with the masses and it's all centered around the buzzword purpose. What's your purpose in life, both professionally and personally, for your company and your role in society? Those are just some of the questions I had a chance to tackle when I sat down with White to have an in-depth conversation about purpose, life meaning, and so much more. I'm Kevin McShane. Let's have this conversation. moment to welcome you to the program and I'm super excited to talk to you about your life and business journey this morning. Great to be with you and thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Now Scott, I wanted to uh, start our conversation by asking you your definition of the word purpose because I know uh, that that's uh, the fundamental reason why you wrote the book. And you have a unique perspective on the word. So I'll start, start you off by asking you uh, that very intriguing question. You know, for me, purpose is, is motivation. It's a driver. It's what you wake up in the morning and want to accomplish. It's, it's an evolving concept. I think that uh, as our life evolves and we live in, in various phases of our life, our purpose changes. I, I am not convinced, as some people are, that we have one sole purpose in life and that we're born with that purpose. And... And our, our life is to, to, or our goal in life is to figure out what that purpose is. I think purpose evolves. I think purpose is, is based in part on the facts and circumstances of where you are and, and the phase of your life and what you want to accomplish. And, and you know, for me right now, and, and that's part of the reason that I'm writing this book right now, it's my, my purpose is to spread greater happiness. I, I, I sort of summarize it in making the world happier one smile at a time. That's my purpose right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you tell me that you think we all have to live uh, deliberate and 
practical lives in order to be productive. So I'm wondering if you can tell me all about yeah, so I don't know if I'd say you have to live a deliberate life to be productive. I'm not focused on productivity. I'm focused on happiness and making the most of life. Some people, and maybe you, Kevin, believe making the most of life means being productive. And that's fine. But I think that's an individual choice on what brings you happiness and what you want to accomplish in your life. For me, the deliberate nature is being very proactive, specific, and deliberate about making the most of every minute. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? What was your first thought this morning, Kevin? Hey. Yeah, my, my first thought this morning, you know, I start every morning by telling myself, let's maximize the day to its greatest potential, Scott. Scott. So that's how I start every morning, buddy. That's perfect. That's ideal. But I'm not sure everyone does. And I think, Kevin, those of your listeners listening to this should think about that first thought of the morning, whether it's being productive, whether it's being happy, it's focusing on something positive in your life. It is my belief that too many people wake up and their first thought is, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Oh, I don't want to go to work. Oh, I don't want to meet this person. Oh, I can't believe that it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday, whatever the case may be. I have so much to do. It's the wrong perspective. Here's what being proactive means. It means that first opening your eyes, waking up and thinking like you did, I want to make today productive. For me, my first thought was, wow, I have an opportunity to meet Kevin McShann this morning and have an opportunity to speak on his podcast. That's exciting for me. I have an opportunity tonight to go to dinner with a couple that I haven't gone to dinner with before, and it's a new opportunity to, to develop a relationship. Um, I have an opportunity, as you said at the beginning of the call, it's Friday, it's the weekend, so many fun things. I have an opportunity to spend time with my family. Those all flow through my head within the first 30 seconds of being awake. That's what I mean about being proactive. That's what I mean about you control the opportunity to be happy. You have to embrace it. And there are other things. And, and Scott, you know, I want to uh, uh, share something about myself. You know, I was born with what's called uh, spastic quadriplegia cerebral palsy, and I work on, in addition to hosting this podcast to help individuals with disabilities find and maintain employment. Because I truly believe that inclusion is the gateway to independence. So my question to you this morning has to do with, with how do you think we create a society where all uh, people are valued and You know, it starts with yourself, Kevin. It starts with your own belief in yourself. It gets back to your last question about what does it mean to be proactive? What does it mean to be deliberate? Do you believe you add value to society? Do you believe you live a happy life? Do you believe you contribute to making someone else's day better? The answer should be yes to every one of those. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around you. It doesn't matter what others believe. It starts right here. It starts with your belief that I can, I will, I'm going to do. Here's what I want to accomplish today. Let's go back to what you just said, Kevin, that your first thought is I want to make it a productive day. I'm less worried about what other people are thinking about me, about what other people are saying I'm doing, about what other people are ha what other people have. I worry about myself. I worry about my ability to say I can do this. So now specifically, what does that mean uh, as it relates to inclusion? What does that mean to, to having a sense of, of belonging? You got to be proactive. You got to get out there. You got to look for opportunities to contribute. Maybe it's peer groups. Maybe it's social groups. Don't be afraid. Get out and do something today. And I mean, literally today when you hang up or, or for your listeners listening to this, 
you, you finish the call and, and you're like, you know, what can I do today? It's, it's, it's Friday, it's Saturday, whatever day you're listening to this. What could I do today, tonight, this weekend to, to meet people, to be included, to get involved, believe, don't have fear? Yeah, and to that point, Scott, I'm also wondering your opinion on what it is to put life in a proper perspective. So uh, I think that's a that's a wonderful question, Kevin, and, and it gets down to, uh, I think, the crux of what I'm trying to accomplish with Mr. Life is Too Short Guy. So the name of the book is, is which is coming out early in 2023, so I'm still working on it, Mr. Life is Too Short Guy is, is in part about prioritizing and putting things in perspective and thinking about not sweating the small stuff. You know, I, I had the opportunity as I'm researching for this book to speak to a lovely woman yesterday who, who um, is the, the survivor of breast cancer. And her name is Amy. And Amy explained to me how, you know, before her, her diagnosis and, and her going through the recovery process, she might sweat the small stuff. She might care about, you know, the, the, the exact example I think she gave me was, was the toilet was clogged or overflowing. Now she realizes, you know, I survived cancer. I survived chemotherapy. I, I lost all my hair and it came back. The toilet overflowing is so unimportant. It's fixable. This same woman, Amy, told me a wonderful story about how today she is a death vigil. I'd never heard of this. What does that mean? She sits by the bedside of people in hospice that don't have someone to sit with them as they're dying. And when you think about putting things in perspective, and she talked about how leaving there and maybe hearing from, from a relative about having a tough day at work, she explains, you know what? I just watched someone die. You want to talk about putting things in perspective. My goal, my hope, and the point of me writing this book is that you have those aha moments, as I like to call them, right now, today, Kevin. Don't wait until you're diagnosed with an illness. Don't wait until you have to deal with some sort of, of negative in your life. Have that aha moment today and say, you know what? It just doesn't matter. So that's broken. So that's not working. So he's mad at me. So they don't like me. Who cares? Life's too short. Uh, indeed, and you know, you know Scott, um, research, researching for this podcast, I, I was also fascinated to ask you about how mindset and putting your uh, thoughts in a positive mind frame are interconnected, because I thought you would have some interesting insights in that perspective. So mindset is, is the key to this. When you think about uh, one of your earlier questions in terms about being deliberate, being deliberate means you have the ability to choose the lens through which you view the world. Every set of facts can be viewed through multiple lenses. And the ability to view that, that, that set of facts in a way that is positive, in a way that, that makes you happy, no matter what it is. And, and look, I... I I unfortunately had the, uh, I don't know if I should say opportunity, but, but you know, my, my father passed away 15 years ago, fairly young. And you want to talk about a, uh, a bad day in someone's life. How about the day that, that you're, you speak and you deliver a eulogy at, at your father's funeral? And I started by saying how grateful I was that everyone was there. I started by thanking everyone for taking time out of their day to be here to support me. I went on to talk about how grateful I was that my dad survived as long as he did. He was sick, you know, uh, let's see, 15, uh, no, 20 uh, some odd years before he died. And I was blessed to have that incremental time with him. I could have focused on 
why me? Why is this happening? I'm losing control. I can't believe he's gone. Yes, those thoughts went through my head, but I proactively and deliberately found a way to say, you know what? It could be worse. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm happy. Too much time we focus as a society on all the negatives. And that's part of what motivated me to write this book is when you, you think about what has transpired as it relates to the pandemic, you think about what has transpired as it relates to the, the war that's going on right now in Europe, you, you look at the statistics and you realize that in the United States, suicide is among the top 10 causes of death, that depression has skyrocketed in the last couple of years. It gives me pause to say, why? And my answer is that we're not being proactive enough in taking control of our own lives and, and having a, a positive perspective and a happiness lens. Yeah, it's got to that point. I'm also uh, curious to ask you about how did your positive outlook and attitude affects the way that you conduct business because I know you're the chairman of the board and the CEO, so how, how does it affect the way you do business? It, it, it is core to who I am. My, my philosophy as, as life is too short guy, or I like to abbreviate it as, as Litzig, it, it permeates everything. It permeates my family relationships. It permeates my friendships. And specific to what you're asking, it permeates how I conduct business. I'm very proud of the fact that, that we focus um, a great deal of time, energy, and resources on building a culture that's really important to us. As you mentioned, I'm chairman of the board and CEO of a public company called Invesc. Invesc has now been um, acknowledged and, and awarded as one of the best places to work in the state of Indiana, where the company is based, for three years in a row. And that uh, award is primarily predicated on surveys of employees. So all of my employees took surveys and they believe this is one of the best places to work uh, in Indiana. So what does that mean? That means that we're treating them well. That means we're respecting each other. That means people are happy to come to work. Yeah, that means people have greater flexibility. That means people are grateful. These are all the core tenets of, of Litzig. And if you looked at sort of what we focus on in terms of, you know, every company has their, you know, what's your mission? What's your purpose? What are your core attributes? For us, our core attributes defining our culture are family, uh, positive energy, excellence, teamwork, and fun. I dare you, Kevin, to go find many companies that list fun as one of the key attributes of success and the key attributes of, of their um, culture. That's how important it is to us that we say uh, if there's five words or five concepts that we want you to associate with our culture and invest. One of them is fun. By the way, another one of them is positive energy. So you take five, two of the five core attributes, fun and positive energy. That's clearly the Litzig philosophy. That's clearly, you know what? Life is too short. We're going to enjoy working together. Yeah, and just a quick follow-up to that. What does that mean to you, Scott, to maximize positivity and production? So I'm not sure that I would tie the two together because for some people, productivity is positivity. For others, it's not. And I don't want to make a judgment on how much have you accomplished today. For me, it's really important to get a lot of things done. And I do focus on, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I, I set goals. I believe a, a big part of finding happiness and success is that very clear goals. I have daily goals. I have monthly goals. I have annual goals. I have long-term goals. I like to write out those goals. I like to cross out those goals. There's a psychological effect to happiness associated with accomplishments, 
But I do like to, to separate the two in terms of productivity and happiness. For me, being happy is, is being fulfilled. It's, it's enjoying the people I'm with. It's enjoying what I'm doing. And I think what's most important is, is we only have so many minutes on this earth. I think we take for granted how long life lasts. You know, if, if you sort of think of the average person just rounding here, um, the average person lives to about 80 years old. It's probably 81 or 82, but you could round. So over the course of about 81, 82 years, there's 42 million minutes in your life. And that's like, whoa, 42 million minutes. I could do an awful lot in 42 million minutes. When you're back out sleeping, you back out sort of a, a, a very young childhood, you back out times in your life where you're just going to have illness and things you can't deal with. There are only so many minutes left for you to maximize happiness. What I want people to take away from this book and what I want people to do today, right now, as they're listening to this, is think about what am I doing with my minutes today? How many minutes do I have today? And how am I using those minutes, whether it's productivity, happiness, by the way, the two are, are often tied, but I was quick to say, I don't think, I don't want your listeners to feel like, oh, in order to be happy, I need to accomplish 36 things today. That may not be the case. You may choose, you know what, for me to be happy, I have one thing I need to do today, and that's spend time with my children. I have one thing I need to do today, and that's spend time with my family. I have whatever that one thing is, do it. For others, it may be 15 things. For me personally, it's 15 things. Like I get energy and I get happiness out of, uh, of maximizing and doing as many things as possible in a day. By the way, some of those things include spending time with my family, spending time with my friends, uh, doing things that, that, that others might not say is, oh, well, was that productive? Was, was watching a TV show with your wife productive? It doesn't matter. It's not about the productivity. It's about making sure I was thoughtful. I was deliberate. And I was like, you know what? An hour of watching a show with my wife brings me great happiness, brings her great happiness. And that's what I want your listeners to take away. Yeah. And it's good. I'm uh, looking at the pictures behind you and I'm Wondering if there are any uh, significance to your body that are still, uh, that look like uh, a, a fun group of people behind you. So, what do the pictures uh, behind you symbolize, buddy? I'm curious. So there's two sets of, of pictures up there. One is I'm an avid runner. I do believe exercise is super important to happiness. There are many studies that correlate uh, developing positive brain chemicals and regular exercise. I run almost daily. I ran seven miles this morning before this call. Uh, so most of the plaques you see behind me are from marathons. I've completed, I've completed 15 marathons and one Ironman. Um, so I think that's really important. The other thing that you see up there is, uh, so I went to college at Rutgers and I'm a huge Rutgers fan. And I, I think that one of the key messages in my, my book and my philosophy, Litzig and, and Mr. Life is Too Short Guy, is you need something to, to, to associate with, to have real passion about. Too many people, in my opinion, go through life sort of passing through without making a mark, without really contributing, without caring, without having, you know, what I'd like to call extreme passion. I have extreme passion for Rutgers. That's me. So what do I do? I go to sporting events. I donate my time. I donate my money. I follow them in the news. I care a lot about my college. That's me. But that's not everyone else. For other people, maybe their passion is their community. Maybe their passion is their religious affiliation. Maybe their passion is some sort of volunteer organization or giving back to the community. It doesn't matter what the passion is. It is really important to living a happy life, to living this Litzig philosophy, 
to have a passion. You have to find that passion and, and commit to it, not just pass through. To me, getting involved in an organization and showing up to a monthly meeting and, and sort of sitting there listening and leaving and going back next month, that's not passion. That's not involvement. That's not commitment. It's, it's showing up. It's making sure the world knows you were there. You made a mark. You had an impact. So for me, it's Rutgers. Oh, well, post Garland died, right? There you go, Kevin. I love it. And tell me, uh, Scott, I'm also uh, wonder, wondering your perspective on the importance of sort of recentering yourself and also taking time uh, for re uh, reflection on the decisions you've made and uh, the direction of your life. So how important do you think reflection is in life? So um, I think it's a double-edged sword because I do think you need to pause, hop off the daily sort of grind and, and treadmill, right? The, the, the hedonic treadmill, we're constantly chasing, chasing, chasing for more and more and more um, and think about where we are and where we're going. But, and I want to be careful here, I don't spend a lot of time dwelling on the past. The past is in the past. I appreciate the past. I'm grateful for the past. I love the past. I've had a wonderful past. But I'm worried about today, and I'm thinking about tomorrow. Actually, worry is a bad choice. I, let me take that word back. I'm embracing today, and I'm thinking about where I'm going tomorrow. And what's happened in the past to me is a little bit of a sunk cost. I, I don't dwell on, well, I made this decision in the past, and today I regret it, and I wish I'd done X or Y. Rather, I, and I, by the way, I hate the word regret. Uh, I think we all have regrets. It, it, it is in my opinion, ridiculous to say I have no regrets. However, I don't like using the word. I like thinking about, I, I have opportunities from my past to learn from and to change, to, to, to alter the course, to, to make a decision today. You know, um, in the past, I, I wish I had, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something, you know, maybe spent more time with my kids when they were younger. I spend an awful lot of time with my kids, but you never have enough time with your kids. So what do you do today? As I have older teenage kids, I proactively make sure I spend time with them. By the way, having teenage kids, they don't want to spend time with you. But regardless, um, it, it's important to me. So I don't frame the dialogue as I regret this. I'm going to do that today. I rather frame it as I had an opportunity in the past. I didn't take advantage of that opportunity. Now I'm going to proactively take advantage of that opportunity, which brings me happiness. And to that point, Scott, what is your definition of celebrating life? Uh, my definition of celebrating life is to celebrate everything. I go out of my way to make a big deal about the smallest of things. I'm not waiting for some massive award, recognition, acknowledgement, man of the year. That's unimportant. I celebrate the smallest of things. So let me give you a real example of something that I do in my family that's part of my Litzig philosophy is at year end, and we did this um, in December, we, we went out to dinner and um, I'm sneaking my iPad under my jacket. It's a cold winter, dark night. I drive, I, I, I take my iPad, which by the way is, is you know, not a tiny iPad. It's, it's you know, a decent size iPad. I have it under my jacket and we sit down at the dinner table and, and I take out the iPad and already my teenage daughters are rolling their eyes. I go, oh boy, what is he doing? So what am I doing? I open up a presentation that I actually made over the, la over the day or two prior to that, where on each page, is one of my family members. It's myself, it's my wife, it's my, my daughter, Amanda, my daughter, Jessica. And I highlight 
a long list of bullet points of what they accomplished that year. And it's not earth shattering. It's not finding the cure for cancer. It's not, you know, winning the Nobel prize. It's succeeding in school. It's, it's advancing in, in, in hobbies. It's uh, embracing volunteer opportunities. It's good grades. It's um, uh, taking on new responsibilities, whatever the case may be. I, I acknowledge for each of them individually, here's what you should be celebrating as we look back on the last year. Then I look at family sort of, there's a page in there that says, here's what we as a family accomplish. And by the way, some of those things are just trips. So you're celebrating a trip, Scott, really? Yes, I'm celebrating last year that my family and I had the opportunity to spend a week in California. That's fantastic. I'm celebrating that my family and I had a chance to go away for the summer to a lake house. That's fantastic. Then I have a separate page for my wife and I because we're a couple and we celebrate that happiness and things that go together. So that's a very deliberate, Again, getting back to one of your first questions, how do you be deliberate when you focus on happiness? I proactively put together a presentation, showed up at dinner, and shared that presentation. Now, logically, the next question is, does it have to be sort of such a formal, like, in the one hand, you say you celebrate everything, and then you show up with a presentation. Well, I think there's two answers to that. One, I celebrate every day. I acknowledge as I, as I meet people, I talk to people, my family, my friends, even strangers, Hey, smile. That's really great. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's, that's wonderful. I proactively go out of my way to email, text, call friends that I see on social media or whatever. If they're proud of something, even if I don't consider it a worldly accomplishment, it's important to them. Acknowledging it, making them smile, that matters a lot. Yeah. And my final question to that point, Scott, is when you look at your life like this, both personally and professionally, how do you want that to be defined? Um, you know, it gets back to the purpose, right? So when you think about what is your purpose in life, I, I think your legacy is often defined by what you ultimately decided your greatest purpose in life was. And my, my purpose has evolved over time. You know, when I was uh, uh, um, I, just coming out of college, my purpose was to, my purpose was to, to build an amazing career. And then at some point in time, shortly after actually the events of 9-11, I decided my purpose was to, to bring children into the world and raise wonderful children and, be, and build an amazing family. Over the last few years, as I've progressed in my career, my family has grown up and, and I self-reflect, I, I truly realize and I think I have found my ultimate purpose is to make the world happier. I really, I, I, I am disappointed and um, quite frankly, angry and upset by, and I use negative words there deliberately, by how much negativity is in the world. There is too much opportunity for happiness and I am taking on my life mission now, my purpose, and I hope my ultimate legacy is to make the world happier one smile at a time. I want my tombstones, tombstone to say, Mr. Life is Too Short guy. And, and Scott, finally, tell me if uh, people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do that, brother? So we're actually working on the, the book and, and building out a website right now, which isn't quite done yet. I'd say the easiest way is to reach out to me by email. Fairly soon, we'll have a, uh, uh, a website up and running. But for now, the email address is scott.e.white, the number two, at gmail.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot E dot W-H-I-T-E, the number two at gmail.com. And, and shortly, we'll have a website up and, and have some more information available. Well, Scott, I have to tell you, this was a fantastic way to start a Friday. Wasn't it to have a conversation about finding purpose and living life 
and to the Mac. I really want to thank you for your work in the space and time on my behalf and for engaging in conversation with me this morning. It's most appreciated. Thank you so much, Kevin. I wish you a wonderful day. I wish you great happiness and smiles, and I'm sure our paths will cross again soon. Take care. Be well.